Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo! Keep listening. Out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that is still holding out hope for the return of Pier One Imports. <laughs> My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're heading out to nature as we take a month-long hike into the wild world of folk horror, and we begin by singing and marching our way through 1973's the Wicker Man. Yes. And whether you've danced erotically in a motel room or not, you can listen <laughs> into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. I'll open the dude, read the room hole. And you can find us reading the room on social media. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and maple shenanigans. Perfect. Perfect. And as this episode is releasing not on May Day, but rather Friday, November 11th, if you live in the Kansas City area, head on over to screenland.com where you will find they have their maypole shenanigans taken care of indoors and virtually. And the Friday this episode releases, mm-hmm. uh, November continues at Screenland. Are we going to break out the gong? Not till next Friday night's fright, my friend. Ah, uh, the one tonight is going to be, actually, technically, this I might be. I think we can break out, can't we? I, it's been a while since I've seen it. Me too. I think we can. I'll have it at the ready. Just in case. Just in case. But anyone out there knows if uh, you do indeed get to break out the uh, the dong gong for Alan Parker's Angel Heart. Mm-hmm. It's, We're gonna have to bring out the beaded curtain as well. Oh yes, the, the beaded curtain is definitely coming. That up That much Angel I Heart. remember of the movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it since the VHS days, and I remember getting it on controversy alone. Of course, and I remember even like, ironically, Bill Cosby coming out and like for shame, right? Lisa Bonet should be showing their boobies on the TV, right? And then like she is not, not not presentable and the standards do the Cosby show and meanwhile wow, yeah. oh just give it a right? little time <laughs> right? those that shout but the loudest exactly when you point your fingers you got three more pointing at you but at the same time at the same time well, let's just say the last time I watched it I definitely had my shoulder I'm looking over my shoulder constantly waiting for my parents to walk in on one of those right, scenes right right but I know it does feature the first appearance I think for Friday Night Frights of one freaking Robert De Niro Robert De Niro right playing a character by the name of Luis Cipher give it to the gat it's good it's yeah. good looking forward to next Friday Night's Fright you can break out the dong gong for this I don't want to spoil it for anyone uh, but we are going to be, and th- I'm excited to see this up on the big screen because mm-hmm. I only recently watched it for the first time, and that is 1987's The Stepfather. Dude, I haven't seen that movie since it was a Showtime free weekend. Mm-hmm. It's got Jill Sholin in uh-huh. it. Who I love Jill Sholin. Freaking from Popcorn. She's great. But of course, Terry O'Quinn. Yeah. 
long before Lock, Lock and Lost, uh, right around the same time as the uh, sheriff in Silver Bullet. Hey. Uh, he's no stranger to genre. And I'll just say this. Uh, we're going to break out that gong within the first five minutes. Nice. Yes. So there you have it. Now, that being said, the other repertory screenings that are happening the weekend of the 11th, a filmmaker near and dear to our heart, a filmmaker who we recently were able to devote an episode to for the first time when we talked to Serial Mom. Mm-hmm. And I think technically, if I remember right, your first John Waters film, he's gonna be they're gonna be showing hairspray. Fucking I love hairspray. Hairspray is great. Like uh, Tracy Turnblad and um Hefty Hideaway. She's a hefty hideaway gal. Fucking it's great. Fucking Bondi and uh Sonny Bono as villains. Yeah, and Pia Zadora, let's get naked and smoke. So yeah. If you're not a little curious on the film. I'm hoping the Pia Zadora in a John Waters film is what sells it. The most family-friendly John Waters movie there is. And it's still Ga- pretty. Gateway Waters? It is absolutely Gateway Waters. It is absolutely. Because if you're going in looking for divine eating bullshit or like <laughs> so, doing something gross, no. Divine is in this. She mm-hmm. kills it in mm-hmm. this. But uh, she doesn't do anything gross. That's good to know. Good yeah, to know. It's, it can be your first Jonathan Winters movie. <laughs> Hopefully you appreciate it out there, Dustin. Now, a film I know he appreciates, uh, and going more into the noir vember here, and another film that I actually recently watched for the first time as well, but uh, Charles Lawton's Night of the Hunter. I've seen that. I can I know of it, though, with Mitchum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Barrel-chested. Chusley. Preach killer. Stephen King approved, and just putting kids in peril. But what I didn't realize was how much of, like, German impressionistic movie it is Mm -hmm. beautifully shot and just all these weird angles and use of shadows and that scene when he goes over the you know up the stairs yeah happens early on oh really to the point where I was like oh what else do we have here it's really really good I highly recommend it and then another movie I haven't seen in probably 30 plus years last time I watched this was no doubt on HBO when I was living in Stanley Kansas so that's going to timestamp it uh, but William Friedkin's To Live and Die in L.A. I've seen that. It's got William Peterson. I like William Peterson. It's got Willem Dafoe. I like Willem Dafoe. And there's all sort of weird counterfeiting involved. Really? Yeah, I don't know if you're a counterfeiting connoisseur, but... And also William Friedkin. Yeah. So you're going to have a car chase scene. Something but good. But it's also scored by Wang Chung. Really? Yes. Wow. It's a re- it's really it's wow. uniquely 80s. Sounds like everybody's going to have fun tonight. Oh boy, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> now, that being said, whether or not you live in the Kansas City or not and you would like to s- help support uh Screenland cuz they are an awesome little independent and recently voted Yeah, Best of Kansas City Plus and celebrating pitch, their 10-year anniversary, which is amazing. Yeah, that Adam and of- Brent took over. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, obviously we love Screenland. If you would like to help support them, uh uh, go to a couple ways. Uh, go to ScreenlandOnline.com, where you can rent a number of films from them directly. Or even better, become a member of their film family by heading over to Patreon.com slash Screenland, where amongst the many perks, we offer up a little watch party. Um, if you're not there in person for Friday Night Frights. That's okay. We have the home game for you. And we call it the Shutter Shoutout, where we stream two films off of Shutter. And in the month of November, this is going to be releasing on the 26th, on mm-hmm. Saturday, we decided, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. 
It is the month, Onion on the Belt. We would give thanks. And we are giving thanks to it's it's an object. Mm-hmm. But it's an object that means a lot. It's an object we already talked about. Oh, yeah. Oh, on yeah. this show. Oh, yeah. Without even being prompted. Uh-uh. It is ideally... If it's, you, and it's not the gong dong. Or the dong gong. <laughs> we not haven't, that we one. haven't constructed that yet. That's more in the spirit. It's in the, uh, you know, in the spirit theater of the mind mm-hmm. there. Or, or in theater one if it's robotic. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but this is something that is physical, is tangible, and it is something that we appreciate so much. Thank you, film family member Chad. It's a signal. You know what you're in for, or at least you have a, an idea. idea of what you're in for whenever you see the beaded curtain. Ah, uh, yes, we indeed have a beaded curtain mm-hmm. that will be out for Angel Heart. Yes. At, sh- should it have been at, will it be out for Silence of the Lambs? No, until you- it's not. That's not that 42nd Street. Even though Demi came from 42nd Street? Yeah, even though he came from 40, it doesn't have that exploitationness. Well, let me just say this. I threw in a trailer for caged heat huh only of course for the narration but it's a jonathan demi film ladies and gentlemen yes <laughs> but ideally yes the beaded curtain we are given thanks to that by programming a for, a little, uh, an homage to 42nd street it would, you would go through a beaded curtain to see a double bill of torso and pieces yes this is, this is a double feature it's exactly what you think it is it is it's the the it prove you don't have to go to texas for a chainsaw massacre. Uh, Torso is going to be a first watch for both of us, correct? Mm-hmm. And pieces is an old favorite. <sighs> it, <laughs> pieces, pieces is fucking rad. The only thing better than watching pieces is, is watching it in Spanish. <laughs> Bastardo! Memorable first time viewing, was it not? Yes, it was. was it not? Yes, it was. Now, of course, both of those films are going to be streaming on Shutter. But by joining the film family, uh, you're going to have access to, as Genius said. Uh, the Nightmare Junkhead Home version, mm-hmm. where we provide a uh, pre-show, uh, visual video introduction with Genius and myself, mm-hmm. uh, vent, uh, customized trailers, and the, the post the Bose game yakety smack. <laughs> and, and if this is going to be your first time watching pieces, oh boy. you're going to want to talk about. You're going to want to listen to what's going on because Qu- yes, quite honestly, if it's the bazillionth time you've seen pieces, you're still going to want to talk about it. You know, I'm no expert, but I think this is the murder weapon. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. So if that sounds interesting, have access to get access to that and so much more, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland. But genius, I'm talking Patreon and film family. Hey, bellies. We also have our own little collection of uh, film family members at Patreon and wanted to give a shout out here to one who we actually got to see in person recently. Mm-hmm. But we don't get to see him too often. Mm-hmm. So w- when he comes out, it's always cool. Oh, it's so much more. It makes the yeah. screening that much sweeter. So a shout out to film family member Jesse, and the tier he's at Genius is uh, our top tier. Uh, uh, another place. Oh, I, I would like to try to always set you up for the assist, but I was like, I'll just let you do it. It normally falls on your side of the screen. <laughs> uh, but yes, he is at our top tier, and the main perk of that, of course, is uh, to request and review. Mm-hmm. And in fact. Jesse kicked us off. He actually gave us our very first one. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you remember? It was a uh, cabin in the woods. Yes, because it had only. It was like I think the second time I had actually watched it. So and you were 
oh, yeah. huge fan of it. Is I had the whole list of all the monsters on the wall and everything. I'm like, yeah, in that corner, he's over there. Now, if you look left, you'll see the Left for Dead monsters. <laughs> yeah. So, again, thank you, Jesse, for letting me uh, revisit that one. But uh, another perk that we just added, and this actually goes to all the tiers, mm-hmm. uh, Squidly Diddly, I've seen that another time. Another place. <laughs> is you're going to actually have now access to the video content we provide for Friday Night Frights, mm-hmm. which I'm super excited for. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks to Patreon now, they've got this where you can embed a video. So you will actually have the pre-show we use, uh, the trailers we utilize, all that kind of good stuff. So it's as, as Friday Night Fright adjacent as you can get. As you can get, yeah. Without us actually being, being there. there, yeah. Uh-huh. So you know what, actually... Host your own screenings. Oh, that's actually this is like a home screen. There kit. you go. This is little. This is little, the home starter version of kit, yourself. Yeah. yeah, this is the nightmare. There you go. The nightmare junkhead starter kit. Here's your pre-show. All you need now. You just <laughs> pause when you know you see the poster of the movie, mm-hmm. and then you go on. Make sure you have your trivia question. You know, and then you're good to go. And remember, this isn't just a podcast. It's a what? A cathedral. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> you know what's really good though, is. I'm seeing more and more new people say it out there. In throughout like Shocktober, beyond Friday Night Frights, when they're when I would go to a screening and there were a large number of people, I'd usually do a little yakety schmackety, and I'd throw that out there because I want people to start to know right what we preach there. Our mantra, yeah, absolutely. But no, I'm really excited. So starting here in November, in fact, um, by the time this episode releases, you will have access to the uh, yakety the pre-show and the trailers we did for us. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. A fun time was had by all. We hope so. And I only embarrassed myself twice. Several times. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm really excited for that. So look forward to that. Um, And again, at another place you have access to, the uh, Shutter Shoutout content, the Friday Night Fright videos, the I've Seen That Things, I Do Three Times a Week, new films, our new horror releases, and of course, commentary tracks. All this and more could Woo! be yours if, if you... the tier is right. <laughs> Indeed. So uh, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead where, yeah, we, we got a lot of fun stuff happening. Yeah. And in November, we've got a lot of good stuff coming oh, up. Oh, yeah. And then December, we're going to have a lot of fun stuff coming up. Our, uh, yeah. It's going to be a... <laughs> it's going to be interesting. December's going to be weird. <laughs> well... And even give you context with that. With like December, we've we've done Death December before, mm-hmm. focusing on movies with death in the title. Uh, we've of course many many months always just devoted holiday horrors, right? But we've never devoted an entire month to an entire franchise, right? Until this December. Now, which franchise is it? You know what? There's a number of them out there that have a lot of entries, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a trip. Oh yeah, it's you're gonna going have, you're to gonna be have a, a lot trip. of fun. You're gonna have a lot of fun. And now you're gonna, you're gonna you're gonna if you learn anything, you're gonna learn not to fuck with us, man. Well, if if you tr- if you truly are a, like a film family member, that's only available via Patreon for the most part. When we did cover that particular film, which I'm right. not going to mention, right? So surprise! Well, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to that because technically one of them is going to be a first time viewing. Same. Filming? Okay. Same. Is it the kicker? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. That's good to know. Because my whole thing on Patreon, and again, part of my, my discipline, is at least three times a week to watch a, something new, a first-time viewing. And it can be horror, dry, any, any genre. Mm-hmm. But what I love is eventually when something goes from like, and I've seen that challenge little thing where I'm talking about it by myself, to 
popping up on the main feed. Yeah. Uh, Just Before Dawn mm-hmm. is one of those. Uh, we've got several. Possessor, I think, was one of them. I um, Probably. Yeah, there's been a few where you're like, I let's watch this again. And it's, man, that movie was crazy. Yeah. And that's just it. Having an experience that I know, ideally, I'd need to share that with, with genius. You know, mm-hmm. that's one of those things that... There's one thing seeing a movie by yourself. There's another one seeing with friends. Absolutely. In the theater or at home. And (laughs) boy, oh boy, when putting together the last bit of the year of 2022, we knew what we wanted to do with December. Mm -hmm. And then we also had a really good idea of what to do with November. Right. And it was, again, devoting at least three episodes in this case to an entire genre. Subgenre. Subgenre in a way, right? Yeah. And that is the. I mean, even it's not Shitty Shark November. No, no, <laughs> that's another genre-defining month. Because but I don't think not once during that month would you ever say, "I don't know if this is horror. This yeah. is whimsical. This, this is, is magical." Yes. Yeah, it's, it's it's. I like the way they think, you know. Because normally I'd be like, "Fuck that! I'm not going to the water," you know. And even with other, like again, going into franchises and genres like slasher, fuck that! I'm not going in that woods. I'm not going camping with those hillbillies. There's usually but a cautionary tale aspect. Here, I'm like, I'm down. Let's go. Turned out the first movie we went into in our subgenre turned out to be a 90 minute like recruitment video for one genius McGee. I am down. <laughs> Throughout the movie, going, "Yeah, I'm okay with that." Oh, that's what they do. Okay, that's cool. great. All right. Looking over at me like, what do you think? Well, because we, okay, so we were having decided what we, so we were trying to figure out what month or what we want to do for November. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, let's do like Thanksgiving month, right? Mm-hmm. And then like that kind of led to, hey, Pilgrims, hey, wait a minute. And I've been hearing a lot of buzz about like, you know, all these new folk horror movies mm-hmm. coming out. And that's a genre that I'm not, a subgenre that I'm not well steeped in because I have a lot of personal bias against like folk horror. And a lot of the folk horror entries, the modern ones, <laughs> have been um, significantly soured my taste on them. Mm-hmm. However, that being said, on the flip, things like, um, the Witch. Mm-hmm. I would even go Gretel and Hansel, mm-hmm. you know? Things Absolutely. along those lines. I'm like, oh, folk horror is pretty cool. There's a lot of, like, deep and scary shit, and especially when you're dealing with, like, religion, puritanical things, a lot of different aspects. But I was expecting dark. I was expecting scary. I was expecting, and especially with the movie that we're going to talk about, oh, it's one of the best horror movies that have ever been made, you know? And I'm only familiar with the remake. Mm-hmm. So when you're like, hey, let's kick off, and I'm like, oh, I've seen that. Yeah, let's do that. Well, so. what's crazy is the fact that I didn't realize it was going to be a first-time viewing for you until right before, in, in, right in the midst of the credit sequence. I think the whole entire month is going to be, and I've seen that for me. And that, my friend, is what I am so excited for, mm-hmm. is your entry into this, because I don't have a really big like letterbox of you know folk horror movies, but the ones that we are going to be talking, I am familiar with, and those are the ones... Are going to be. For, I'm so excited for you because when I think of folk horror, it's and I'm curious. It's Pilgrim just, shit. Well, that's just it. It's always like you're you're isolated. You're in nature. Mm-hmm. There's rural kind of elements going right. on. Ye old farming and shit. Yeah, and and I am not down with that. That's just it. I'm, I also not that's even the, modern day farming and shit. Anything where you're anything called a village yep. where you're out in the woods and you have to fend for yourself. Fuck all that noise. Like I said this multiple times on um, especially on the Media Rewind podcast, shameless plug. Beep, 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 where I'm like, I, it would be dope to visit Westeros, but I'll be fucking damned if I'm gonna live there. You know what I'm saying? I'll go to like ye old Renfest, but fuck all going back in time. 
There's something to be said about modern anemones. Oh, yeah. I need me some creature comforts. I need running water. I need the safe. Not, not even going back in time. I need running water. I need the safety of civilization. You know what I'm saying? Which is to say, in a lot of these movies, you're not necessarily going to be putting yourself in the perspective of someone and going, yeah. I can get behind that, or I would find myself in this scenario. I didn't think I would. Uh, yeah, until <laughs> until the great one of the greatest horror movies, quote unquote, ever made, steeped into my life, and I'm still questioning whether it's horror because, like, and I, I, I yes, I understand it's it's a mystery, and there's mm-hmm. violence, and then there's a death at the end. You know, it's, it's a p- ritual sacrifice. Even I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Can probably That's know that you there's would do a ritual. You'd link yeah. it, yeah, right. But no, that's no. Not once did I scream. This movie is scary. Not once did I scream. This movie is terrifying. Not one, except the very end when the goats are screaming. It was almost like have you had have the goats stop screaming, Clarice? Have the goats stop screaming, right? But like the whole time, I was like, oh, no, that's cool. No, I, I like that. No, that's fine. No, that's that's interesting. Oh, so to cure th- sore throat, they throw a frog in your mouth. All right, cool. I've heard of that before. You know, licking the frogs to get all freaked out. Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. Oh, so they have limericks about the barmaid, the landlord's dog. Oh, I, I can get down with the whole pub sing. That's fun. Oh. Maypole dancing. I used to do that. Run fair. Cool. <laughs> you know, singing. This was a goddamn musical and I loved every minute of it. I did not find any. Again, this was whimsy and this was frivolity and fun. To me, in my mind, the, the Sergeant Howie yep. was the villain. Yep. He was the crusty dean. He was the shitty cop. He was the one where I'm like, yeah, this dude needs to get offed quick you know (laughs) and that's the beauty of watching you experience this and it's hearing you just seeing the emotions in your face and when you're like hold on biscuit i gotta write this down i'm like wow he's 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 involved in this and humming along and like just like the songs are rad from the from the getting like is this chevy van music right sure enough the whole fucking the whole soundtrack it's not lutes and liars and shit it's fucking like scottish soft contemporary and it's wonderful even the corn husks and rye the corn husks and rye right like that song's great the fucking uh it came in inappropriate inappropriate times the corn husks and corn rigs and rye that's corn rigs and like the uh this the entire thing was put together by paul giovanni fucking slick and magnet and magnets <laughs> maybe that's uh scotland's goblin i guess so well and it's it's rich it's very much of the time but in the best kind of way and especially if i'm thinking folk horror i'm not too far adjacent from like folk music mm-hmm. and the compositions and how the various instruments again that are p- portrayed lutes and, and lyres yes. and mandolins and shit and fucking uh not sousaphones oh god um I used to know what that little instrument was that he was playing on, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. It'll it'll come back to you at the most inopportune time. Uh, I will say the fact that you do have a little like shanty about the landlord's daughter. Oh, we love the landlord's daughter. And Whatever. There's a song written by about somebody. You know, in general, mm-hmm. you have to worry about that person, like the farmer's daughter and the preacher's daughter, the landlord. I didn't know about the landlord's daughter, but I understand why, because she's rad. She is 
with her. Not only did we have the, I sorry to jump in the gun, but only this movie was great. Not only did we have the uh, after the dirty landlord limerick song about the landlord's daughter, then we have the presenting song. In that moment, so the first I. I watched this for the first time not too long ago, but it was long ago enough that it was at a Terror Tuesday at the Draft House. So it's been a little bit of a while. It's been a minute. But it was in Theater One. So for those that didn't know, Theater One was huge. Yes, it was huge. And since traditionally we always had a little space, there was like Amber, Adrian, myself, mm-hmm. whoever would you host know, corner. There. Yeah. yeah. And so we we're in the back, but taking it all in and having that exact journey you had with the musical component of everything throughout every scene yes. has a song and, and it's, it's, it's all di- it's diegetic it yeah. is part of the music they are singing they are playing within the world they're dancing it's like a music it really it is, is like a musical coming to life and the only person who's not having any of it is their hero and that's why you fucking officer crumb bum like read the goddamn room he comes in and every scene he's an habitual line stepper he is the worst part of white males white christian males out there because he's over there thinking that his way is the only right way you have to be christian if you're not you are wrong and you're heathen and he's forcing it down his throat when he is so out of his element he's worse than steve buscemi and big lebowski you're out of your element donnie right he's so far removed he doesn't even see the forest for the trees and the burning fucking wicker man you know what i'm saying everybody's there just having a good time and he's like from the get, the opening scene, like, bring a dinghy. No, we're closed. I said bring a dinghy. Why? You know, we told you we're closed. I'm an officer of the law. God damn it. Bring me a dinghy. Fine. Right? And from then, he just continues. Habit- again, habitual line stepping. Goes into school, starts fucking up shit. Goes into people's church, starts fucking up shit. So he has something to say about the way the kids are raised, through their schooling, what they're being taught in and the church. And this is the penis. Yeah. And this is f- stands for fertility. And it but, wasn't anything like overtly sexual. It was more scientific, no, it, and it stands for uh, the penis. That's what the maple represents, fertility, to bring more. They don't shy away from sexuality. Right. And it's play into what makes us human beings. Right. And, it, and that's the one thing that I think you'll get a lot with folk horror is – Kind of the um, us versus them when yeah, it comes to the puritanical versus yeah, the, and you know what we're still fighting that battle today to this day. That's what I'm saying. This movie is a perfect allegory for those yeah. like Christian fundamentalists who want to jam it down the throat. Oh, and, and you know, oh, homosexuality is wrong. Meanwhile, they got a rolodex full of like male prostitutes. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So or or something like oh. Oh, uh, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, or oh, uh, no sex before marriage, or whatever. You can believe whatever you want to believe, you know? I think Betty White said, like, religion is like a penis. It's fine to have it, you can love it, but people start getting pissed off when you wave it in front of everybody's face, you know? So, like, that's what I, you know, and I don't mind, again, and if I, if you are a devout, I mean, we are both oh, Catholics, yeah. and we yeah, are both we're both probably yeah. devout Catholics back in the day, right? <laughs> but at certain points, we're repeating back, when we flash back to him right. overseeing Mass. Like, oh, he must have a different, that must be the Scottish, more more Protestant, yep. you know, version of it. Uh, us, we're, us Catholics. We're right? off by just a few words. Exactly, exactly. Deliver us or uh, from temptation or of our trespasses versus whatever. But anyway, no, he's coming around like, this is wrong and that is wrong and you are all vile and pagan and I'm going to arrest you. And I'm like, bitch, you're on our turf. So question, I know something that can put you off a film potentially. Mm-hmm. 
is the level of like text and subtext of nuance subtle you know subtleness was this one subtle enough for you this is no subtlety at all okay <laughs> this is not subtle at all but the message is there yeah. and i think I, th- I i saw it as like hey this dude's a fuck up you know from the get-go right even as though he's post- our even though he's our hero, he's our protagonist. Well, he's our protagonist, as opposed to the Nicolas Cage version, where okay, no, he is a cop. He's looking for some murder, as opposed to like, and he he does habitual line step, but he doesn't so overtly, well, and it's not religious. No, it's more like how does this get burned? How does this get burned? How does this get burned? Right, and not the bees, right? But <laughs> at the same time, this movie wait one, it's not as f- it's intentionally funny. Yeah, and that's just, yeah, because your experience then, because you've witnessed. Taken in Nicolas Cage is the Wicker Man several times at this point. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I know, your frame of reference. So I can definitely see that having that effect of that journey again of going, whoa, this is drastically different. Right. Well, you know how I said it, the best way to view Wicker Man Nicolas Cage is to view it in the vein of a comedy mm-hmm. and you will be infinitely more pleased, mm-hmm. right? This one, I say don't look at it in the vein of a horror movie. Look at it in the vein of a musical and yep. you will be infinitely more pleased because fucking multiple nude songs multiple nude songs and the that's another thing i know again not a deal breaker (laughs) oh to the entirety even at the very end no i fucking i'm ready to go to summer you're swinging your arms with them over there yo ho yo ho a pagan's life for me right and so like he come over knock 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 all right cool read the room dude well okay so and i think folk horror i do think about people getting back to nature and you know on natural that goes with the territory the question is whether or not it's gratuitous just in terms of the time it was shot because we're talking early 70s so an american hippie in israel no it's a a british history in british non-hippie in scotland so you have to you know question but throughout you were mentioned you're like well this isn't this is actually kind of classy it's It's, gratuitously classy yeah it's it's, that like you know oh this is ribald because she full-on is singing she's shaking her ass and doing musical numbers a hundred percent nude but the way it's shot and the fact that there's no actual full frontal right it's a lot of ass and a lot of titties Right. Ain't nothing wrong with that. And I think that's what makes it a little bit more seem not as gratuitous. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's, she's singing to a very lovely song, a very well, sirens song. But yes, it's a it very, is. very it's a very sexually charged. But also, again, it's that sneaky like um, AM gold where they could put a whole bunch of dirty shit under the guise of soft rock gonna find my baby gonna hold her tight gonna grab some afternoon delight right and so she's singing some shit like that meanwhile the whole fucking band is down in it too they're like okay cool we know exactly we know the tune to sing and And see that's the thing that's the thing that kind of blew that like not necessarily blew my mind but kind of flipped the script on me Normally in these portan and these like folk horrors, it's like very again, um, the very puritanical mm-hmm. pilgrimy versus the more liberal like hey let's get freaky new age stuff, or even some uh, when when the whole town is evil, right? And even like the greater good, you're like oh man fuck that town, this town's stupid, you know, fucking doing all that shit. I 
didn't say once for DC. I was like, no, cool. I like the way they think. They're they're cool. They're they're not menacing. They're not sinister. They're pranksters. If anything, that's the as, as evil as they got. Like it's the best joke, the joke on the children, right? Kind of, but at the same time, it's Christopher Lee, and he's talking about Lord Summerisle, you know. And that the great thing about fucking Christopher Lee, and I know we're gonna get into it later because he has fucking performances <laughs> next fucking level in this. Yes, it is. But he is so classy, and he is talking mad shit to the cop in such a calm, cool, collected way that's just making the cop angrier and angrier and angrier and angrier. And like Christopher Lee's like, oh, okay. The whole religion debate that they're doing, he's like, he goes, well, uh, we, we believe that when you die, your soul goes back into the earth and the grounds and all the air, as opposed to going up to an early heaven well, I believe that we should have resurrection as opposed to reincarnation. Oh, yes, your religion, where a virgin gets impregnated by a ghost. <laughs> right? And so I was like, ah, talking mad shit. Talk shit, get lit. That's the, that is the theme of this movie. If you come in habitual line step in places where you don't belong and talk shit on things you don't know about, mm -hmm. thinking that your way is the only way that's right... And you are not in the majority, you're gonna get your ass burnt up, whether it be verbally or literally. You know, is is that on like the 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 front of the uh, summer aisle tourist board? Talk, Talk shit, shit, get, get lit. lit. Yep, exactly. Everything's fine. Have a lot of fun. Come visit our maypole. We also have nude aerobics, and we. <laughs> And we also enjoy all such recreation and tourist attractions as Bonehenge. However, remember, Lord Summerisle said, there's like pictures of Lord Summerisle, right? And it's always like, only who can prevent forest fires type thing? It's animatronic Christopher Lee. Remember, talk shit, get lit. Right, that's frightening. <laughs> because throughout, when we were taking and soaking in, it's bright, vivid. Yeah, oh, oh his performance. But yes. no, also no, mm -hmm. the scenery because they shot on location, multiple small Scottish towns, and just the imagery. And again, it you you feel isolated, especially those first initial shots of like the airplane flying through mm -hmm. the mountains, the forest, and it's just oh my lord. And no, it's it's a combination of. The cinematography, the characters, the score, the increasing, slowly sense of dread and menace that's out there. Again, <laughs> not for me. This no. is <laughs> Yours is yep, going to get him, going to get him. And that's just it. I'm imagining it back in 73, what an audience would have come to expect with this movie and what they walked away with. Because it's the same thing for you. Yeah, I think there's almost two camps. Like, if you are more devout and more, like, mm. belief in your religion, you're going to more necessarily find it more spooky and identify with the uh, cop. But if you're more, like, I don't want to say debaucherous, right. but if well, you're more if you're more liberated and you're more, like, anyone, uh, not, not as puritan, not as Christianic as... As other people, sure. then you're going to be like, oh, well, you know, I kind of like the way they think, you know? And so I think maybe especially back in 73 with the whole still um, rem remnants of counterculture. Oh, yeah. Still remnants of free love, you know, still remnants of all that. Of course, you're going to have like ultra conservatives back in the day like clutching their pearls, especially in Britain. And stiff up a lip and right. And then you're going to have like fucking free love hippy dippies like, man, I'm going to go to summer around. That sounds dope. Bonehenge looks tight. So, like, no, yeah. And 
once we get, I think it was the first outdoor orgy that was occurring when you're just, I just saw and you're like, oh. Oh, I behold my field of fucks for see the, the bounty that the harvest brings. Because there's a lot of people banging in that field. There's a lot of people going at it. There's a lot of people banging in that field. I, I was expecting that some of the music, like a Scottish version of la da da da, la da da da. Even the musicians were busy at that point. The right? instruments were down. Business was being taken care of. But that's what I also dig about the Green Man Inn. Green Man! The Green Man. And now Come I know- on, Samurai! I'm going to blast you all over the face! You know? <laughs> and I, well, I actually took in Alex Garland's Men, which is also technically folk horror, uh, which involves a green man. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, there's the connection, but... Would you go to the Green Man Inn? Mm-hmm. Of course you Fuck would. Fuck yeah, I would go to the Green Man Inn. They got a live band every night. Fucking you could be part of the band. Exactly. I could play the little uh, accordion thingy that the sailors used to play. They Actually, he had a small little accordion. Yeah. I was looking for a little grinder monkey. Right? That band looked rad, and they all everybody knew the song. In fact, everybody had they their own go. little parts they could play. And then, if you don't want to sing, let's say you, oh, I'm going to tire. I'm going to go in for the night. Come on over. Like, all right, cool. You know, I'm down. Hell yeah, I'd go visit Summer Isle. Hell, I might even move there. And normally, I'd be like, I ain't, I ain't going to go to those because it's what still did? civilization. I'm yeah. not that isolated. It's adjacent. Right. I'm not that isolated. I didn't see a lot of cats on there. I saw other animals. I didn't mm-hmm. see a lot of domesticated animals, so I'm not sure what their policy is on that. Oh no, they have to have kitties. I mean, you could. I would assume now if it was Vincent Price running the place. Yes, you know, I have all the kitties. You know, maybe Christopher, Christopher Lee. Yeah. Of course, you may have your familiars. What good Dracula would not have his familiars? You know, I think that would be rad. I think I'd love to have like Mayor Lee. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I like the way he thinks. Of course, let's have an orgy. Fit for Dracula. And that's, I guess, there's a part of his legacy is involved with watching this movie now, just in terms of what he was at that point in his life. Because at 73, he'd done Dracula Hammer films for a few Multiple years, years. Yeah. And would eventually then branch off. And I mean, you were talking about the fact that he had, he had like a metal album. Yeah. He had a spoken his, word metal album in his 80s. Yes. Yeah. He was he, fucking rocking out. He put a. Uh, he was in uh, Sleepy Hollow. I mean, like, oh yeah, he was. He's always been in bit parts and everything. He's fucking Christopher Lee. And it's because all the horror directors that came of age in the eighties and nineties, they grew up with him. They recognize fucking greatness. He's yes. a legend for a reason. He's on the Mount Rushmore of like great horror, old school horror actors yeah, with is. like Lagosi and like uh, Karloff, fucking Christopher Cushing. Lee, Christopher Plummer, fuck, I mean, Chris- Peter Cushing. Yeah, fucking all those cats. You know, well, like, and it's so they're they are horror. So a couple things, just in terms of uh, the onion of the belt at the time, his hair it was glorious. You know what it looked, <laughs> and with the blondness of it, one thing I noticed when it was billowing, when he was like, <laughs> "Oh, to the sun times. god, we pray to thee," right? It, his hair looked like the sun god because just like the way it was, I see the, that the, with the rays I and coming that. out, it looked fucking red. And then of course he's the, of course we you played your part perfectly. You are the fool, right? And so like. It was wonderful. Conti- habitually talking <laughs> shit. I loved it. I loved it. And he looked like he was having so much oh fun. Well, how couldn't he? He was over there hanging out with them. Um, 
Uh, what's your face? What's your noodle? Uh, Brooke, uh, no. Um, Not Britt Eklund, but the Brit teacher. Britt Eklund and the teacher. All of them. All the blondes. All the blondes. He had all of them. They have way more fun. Christopher Lee only demands the Dracula's sister, the three sisters, the brides of Dracula. Right? <laughs> and, and so, like, fucking, he's got over there hanging out, partying. I mean, they write, they, you know, they, you know those chicks are wild that people are writing songs about them. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? When you get to that low of a decibel, it just I just know it's not going to be good. It was just like, yeah. It's like, can we uh, lower the lights in here? That'd be good. <laughs> they all of a sudden, out of nowhere, beaded curtains come down. <laughs> come on over. <laughs> Would we employ the beaded curtain for this screening? No. Okay. It's classy. It's classy. it's classy. They're just a lot of freaks. It's just Orgy Island. Even when they have the masks, it's Orgy Island. They're or Orgy. What's the password? Werewolf or Dracula orgy. <laughs> I, I, I can't do anything. This is. I Number one, I didn't know, much like with the Paul Lynn, you had a little bit of a Christopher Lee in the back pocket. I didn't know I had Christopher Lee in the back pocket either. Oh. Uh, like, I like the way they, I like the way he thinks. The cool confectionery store that has like the dirty sexy chocolates. cakes. Yes. They got like sexy cakes and shit. Fucking, they got like hair. They like fucking rat the chocolate Easter bunnies all year round, right? And then they have sex. Of course, they have sexy cakes. And here's the thing. So like, they have sexy cakes and candy and shit. And she's also like the nurse. So like, if you have a sore throat, she'll put a fucking frog. hallucinogenic frog in your mouth. Fucking how rad is that, dude? That's even better than universal healthcare. Oh, I got a splinter. All right, heroin. Cool. Right? And so, like, and then you go to the, um, and she's the post office. So not only can you get your packages, but you can get some fucking candy, too. Uh, uh, give me a slice of that boob cake, please. Eh? <laughs> One titter, too. Eh? And so then after that, you go to get your sundries at the weird sundry slash curio oddity shop. When you have a jar full of foreskins. Foreskins. Right? Uh, give me about a... <laughs> can I get a stick of butter, a loaf of bread? Give me a half a pound of foreskins. <laughs> got, got the guys coming over tonight. <laughs> Big game's on. Fucking bo Bonehenge Tech versus... <laughs> versus Orgy Field U in, like, a game of touch football. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Is it going to be the kind of touch football that you would get at the end of HOTS? Oh, yeah. Worse. Better, uh, better. Uh, <laughs> no, fucking. So, I'm I'm impressed with basically kind of their main street stores. Mm -hmm. Just it's again, it's just that <laughs> it odd is. shit. It is. You it's can't super go wrong fucking with it. You know what? And, it makes more way more sense. <laughs> I understand what they're going for in the remake when it's like, oh, we we have bees and we're a very matriarchal society. Mm -hmm. There's the queen bee. Da, 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 da. I saw what they were trying to do with that, especially now watching after this. It didn't quite work, right? Especially not for the wicker man, mm -hmm. but the whole philosophy that it's yeah, it's not just honey, it's everything, and the fact that we are in this pseudo magical land where everything grows big and Bountiful. weird and weird because he's like <laughs> I've never seen. He it's, said it weird. He said it weird because it, it was turquoise, and he was like, I've never seen lima beans that are turquoise before. Things in their natural state have more color. That's what she know. That's what she notes. I wrote that down because it was that moment, like, ah. Oh. Mm. That's what I. And that's what I like about this movie is it's classy. It's classy. It's whimsical, but it's heady. It is, and it has stuff on its mind. It is, 
and a lot of it's dirty. Oh yeah, well, and that's the other thing. It's again looking at our traditional American views on sex. Right. We love violence. We shame people that dig sex oh, or right. into sex. You know, you have to, and some of that is from some uh, religion. Some we of are, it is just from it's, America was was cr- founded by people who left England because they felt the church yeah. wasn't strict enough. You know what I'm saying? That's why all these other countries that like France, Europe, anywhere in Europe, they all have a way more liberal policy on sex and violence and everything. And they're fine. You know what I'm saying? But like we're clutching our pearls. Some one time when Janet Jackson shows a tit on TV, we're clutching our pearls when somebody says, I'm going to kick your ass on TV. People are freaking out. Oh, think of the children. You can't show R-rated things on Disney Plus or Hocus Pocus Witches coming out for you. Yep. You know what I'm it's, saying? Yeah. We're still a puritanical society. Yep. Again, my religion analogy. Religion is uh, Betty White's religion analogy. It's great. Yep. It's wonderful. But when you try to rub it in somebody's face or shove it down somebody's throat, people are going to be pissed. Yep. Right? So fucking. That's, honestly, that's why I've. More than anything, I've always kind of identified as agnostic mm-hmm. my post-Catholic upbringing because I can see the value right. in so many other people's belief systems. And for me, I'm the same way. As long as it works for you, you're not Do hurting it. yourself, not hurting others, that's awesome. Right. And But I just, you know, I, I can take merit in it, but it may not necessarily be for me because I can't then discount someone else's view. Right. And have these absolutes. It's it's the buffet. Exactly. And, I mean, and even some of the freaky shit. There's a lot of freaky <laughs> shit out there and that was probably going on in that on Summer Isle that I would be like 100% down for. But there's some other stuff that I'd be like, you know what? I'm good. I'm cool. You know, I'm not going to kink shame or freak you out because consenting, you, adults, consenting adults go and do whatever you gonna do right so but yeah and that seems like everybody were cool with that if you wanted to get your freak on in the orgy cool if you wanted to be sort of monogamous cool you know question would you want to have an orgy in uh lord summerfield's office yes because imagine him playing that huge organ, organ. And now something to for the mood. Lord Somerville likes to score his own horse. Here, come on over. Yeah. <laughs> you have like a cavalcade of like old school, like muskets and fucking blunderbusses and musketoons and rapiers and shit. Those fucking swords, bastard swords. You have all sorts of medieval weaponry plus pipe organs. And like his then then beyond the pipe organ, then you have just a nice little subtle little lone piano, grand piano, mm-hmm. but just pales in comparison. Fireplaces and fucking bearskin rugs and shit. And you know those guys all get <laughs> and you know those cats at the summer round get down because they already have the weird orgy masks. At at the get go. They're ready. Yes. They are ready for it. And even the point when they're first introduced to Christopher Lee, he's like, Do you enjoy watching the young girls dance around the fire? Well, they're naked. Well, of course not. How are you always expect them to jump around the fire with clothes on? Right? And then like <laughs> Glorious, is it not? It's is great. it not? It's great. And the only thing is, we don't get to Christopher Lee. Halfway, yeah, at least forty minutes into the film, he's maybe in the movie total twenty minutes. He's very much like uh, an alien, an alien, the Terminator and Terminator, where you think he exists, he's in there longer than he is, but he's not because that's just how powerful his performance is. He's so goddamn good, and I'd like to think that ideally, people that like, technically, I did get to see the OG and then the remake. But I imagine a lot of people are going to probably backward engineer from the remake into this. And like you said, the journey you took 
based on your personal baggage from multiple viewings, <laughs> being burnt the right. first time and then knowing you knew how it got burnt right. that second time into this. And like I said, just watching your journey, hearing your journey throughout. I'm just like, this is amazing because I had that same experience. I'm like, this is so much music in it and it's good music yeah and even at the very end when they're being chased like you're waiting for the i was waiting for it i was just wait i was one yaggedy sax away like this movie's perfect it's perfect (laughs) perfect well what what was it that burned you genius shit well no before we get to what okay okay one thing that gave me the giggle was everybody's all in their costume and then like christopher lee's like i think i just watched a movie called the ring i think i'm going to dress up as samara Right? From Sauron to Samara. Fucking <laughs> coming out through Bonehenge. It was terrifying. But then I looked at I could not unsee it. And thankfully, he actually gets back to his normal like civilian clothing because if that would have like permeated throughout. I would have I would have been disappointed had he not crawled out of the TV at that point. You're going to die in seven days. Right. And just like fucking <laughs> Let's see, calling all creeps, the bartender. Oh but, um, yeah, what kind of soured everything? Yeah, and and again, we are like almost all the way through. We've we say, "Oh my good lord!" You know, he's got the reaction, he's yelling, and he's praying. My God will be your God, right? But then we see like there's a whole bunch of other animals. What else the is in the Wicker Man? Man? And there's like a couple of pigs, and there's this goat, and then they light everything on fire, and like, okay, hopefully everything, you know, they won't kill a goat, right? <laughs> but this goat is freaking the it's fuck out and he is screaming and the screams are absolutely terrifying absolutely heartbreakingly terrifying and it soured the whole movie for like a brief second where i was like i better hope i see like no animals were harmed and then like nothing and i'm like <laughs> forget it genius it's 1973 right no, forget it genius it's summer isle it's summer isle right it- and the, my only solace was like, even if the goat wasn't killed, he would have been dead by now. <laughs> That's true. Well, yeah, you can't do a behind the actor's studio with that goat because. Are you still alive? <laughs> you know, how was how your experience? Fil- how was your experience filming Wicker Man? Mad. Right. And so. Like- <laughs> my God. I was just going to take it as a character actor goat, but nope, you had to go there. That's fine. That's fine. But this is 1973, though, so in terms it's of... It's possible. It's possible. We're they lucky that Charles goat. Woodward himself probably wasn't burn burned up, alive. Right? Yeah. We're just lucky that this isn't in Man, Australia. <laughs> then they really, <laughs> oh really would have fucking burned up. Uh, uh, you'll be able to jump out of that, right? We're going to be eating good tonight. <laughs> Come on over. <laughs> so, whether or not... Something bad happened to it. Regardless, I'm glad that it all worked for you. And that, honestly, though, that the moment when he's over the hill and they do, they do that little zoom in on his face when he first sees the when he wicker sees man, the wicker man, he's like, "Fuck, you're gonna burn me alive." It's yeah. so effective. It's really good. And at that point, then when he's being burned alive, and they are all doing their song and dance, and they're into it, man, and they're and happy, and it's yes. a jaunty, jaunty, it is tune. Really jaunty, right? And then you contrast that with. Being burned alive. Goat screaming in the background. Oh, that's the stuff you're going to die to. That's terrifying. And that's to me when the horror truly hits, whether you side with them or not. Right. That is an absolutely terrifying scenario and a way to go. Well, and I will say, not to give anything away, but I watched a movie we both actually took in Deadstream recently Mm -hmm. in which we also have a 
protagonist, someone that we stay with a lot in a while. And that we hope to I, die. I had a little, I was hoping a little for comeuppance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of follows the same path in a way where yeah. we're going to follow him, whether you side with him or not, that's your journey to take. But like you said, talk shit. Get lit. <laughs> Which I guess is the ultimate. Because he goes, that's you was, he goes, I'm a Christian. You can't do that. Well, I thought you would like to die a martyr's death. Seated at the highest, at the highest table with your god. <laughs> and I read, I used to read back in the day quite a bit. And yes, there is, there are entire theses and books devoted to be to a martyr. Yes. Right? Fucking look at Mademoiselle. <laughs> yes. So, kind of looking over everything, I think ideally, if we're looking at kicking things off with Folkor, this is how we kick things off. Oh and yeah! I'm glad this one worked for you now. Do we hit all your main points through there? Uh, frog and mouth, nude yoga, bone hinge, <laughs> nude yoga, bone hinge, uh, freaky animal mess, sexy bay, sexy cakes. Yeah, when he goes, I'm going to search everybody's house, and he just starts barging into people's homes and fucking with their shit, and then he runs afoul of that naked lady, like, hey. <laughs> I don't know if we gave enough grief to the landlord himself. He was a creep. He was. A little... He reminded me of the fucking kid catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, yes. didn't he? Yeah. Especially when he dressed up like the Punch and Judy doll. Why the fuck are Punch dolls so creepy? They're the creepiest. And you know what? I love clowns. You know that. You're pro clown. I beyond love clowns, right? But I can't hang with Punch dolls. They're fucking disturbing. It just shows you how many levels there are. A clownery? Yeah, clownery. <laughs> and it's, it's show me on the doll, you know, the level of clownery you're into is what it turns out. That's creepy. So, question. Answer. Remember when he was uh, exhuming the bodies, not the rabbit one, but the when hair. he found the old lady and her hand was chopped off, mm-hmm. right? The next scene, uh, the hand candle. Yes. Do you think it was the old lady's hand? Again, for the greater good, because uh, he's part well, of Because she's already dead, too. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Well, yeah, honestly, I think they're, orga- they're organic. Use everyone. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you're fucking having a jar of foreskin, might as well, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, so, kick things off, full core, Wicker Man, 1973. Now, next week, not giving away the title quite yet, but it is going to be another first time viewing for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, all things ideally will work out. We'll have some special guests on. Mm-hmm. I will say this is something I recently, again, this is going from the I've seen that to the main feed. I will just say this. We both saw it on an 80s trailer compilation. So yes. at least you know we're going to the 80s from the 70s. So until next week, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Come.